You're listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray the message will encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now, let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. How is everybody today? Having a great week, huh? Three, good, good. Three good weeks, That's praise God. We'll take it, we'll take it. I've had worse. Well, today's a unique day here at Hope City, and so I wanted to start things out just by kind of bringing you up to speed along with what Pastor TC just said. Uh, It's our launch weekend for our small groups. And so today I'm going to teach an abbreviated sermon to give you time to go out and peruse. I think that's the word, peruse the small groups. You can go shopping for a small group. And here's what's interesting is I'm asking you, don't go get your children. They have normal church services planned for them. They don't have abbreviated sermons. So if you go get them, you're gonna get them right in the middle of something they might learn. We've scheduled today uniquely for you to have time to take a look at the small groups. Now you're always free to go get your children anytime you want, but hey, why would you want to? (laughs) Right? There's another one named Nora in there. I welcome you to grab her too while you're there. I say all that in jest. She's a, she's a wonderful child. But man, children, they make a different shopping experience altogether, don't they? And so uh, I want you to have that freedom to take a look at the small groups without a little one maybe pulling on you, you know, reminding you that they want to go uh, to a restaurant that none of us like, or, you know, there's always that. So uh, make sure you uh, take the time today. Uh, we really have structured this in such a way to be a blessing to you and your family. So uh, take a look at the small groups. We have all sorts. Like he said, 52 different options. Listen. Baskin-Robbins couldn't give you that many options. Come on, somebody. What are they, 32 flavors? We got them whipped by 20, right? So I want you to go out here, find just something that you enjoy. And listen, uh, just a word to the wise, don't just sign up for one because there may be a week that you want community and you're busy the night of the week of the one you sign up for. So sign up for one or two, maybe three, so that way you have something every week that if your schedule changes, you can still be a part of. Just because you sign up, does not mean you have to go, okay? It just means that you're on the list to get information about what's happening, okay? So make sure you sign up. Uh, You'll be blessed if you go, but I don't want you to think we're gonna be harassing you. We missed you at small group last night. You know, no, that's not what's gonna be happening. We just wanna get you the adequate information so that way you uh, can be aware of what each of the small groups that you sign up for will be uh, doing. So uh, today I wanna talk to you about the power of community. The power of community. Uh, community is so powerful that the devil fights against it. And I've learned from being a believer, I I really gave my life over to Christ uh, when I was 17. Before that, I was kind of one of his grandchildren. My dad was saved and I knew about him. I read the Bible, but I really didn't have a one-on-one relationship with him until I was 17. So with that being said, uh, the last, what, 26 years of my life has been based on a one-on-one relationship. And what I have found in that time is that anything the devil rages against is effective for me spiritually. Anything the devil comes against has great authority spiritually. And so one of the things the devil comes against is community. And we're gonna take a look at this today. I've entitled my sermon very simply, Are You Ready for a Better Life? Are you ready for a better life? It's, uh, it's simple. And I, I'm not gonna really preach to you today. I, I don't have that kind of vigor today. Uh, I'm going to come at you. I just want to teach you a few things, right? There's weekends I preach, there's weekends I teach. Today's going to be more of a teaching because I want you to have understanding in this. 
Why do we need community? There's five things that I whittled down in studying uh, that are detrimental to every person, specifically believers, uh, why we need community. And I'm gonna jump right into these because for sake of time, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hustle today with my teaching. Uh, the number one reason why we need community, number one is life is heavy. Life is just heavy. How many of you can relate to that? It just, man, it sometimes it wears you down. Uh, we have uh, uh, Maddie, who's 15. We have Gabriel, who's 13. We have Nora, who's six. Their schedules are busier than our schedule. And they just, all the time, you know, Gabe signed up for basketball. Well, I think the basketball coach at Show River is in cahoots with the choir director at the high school because between the two of them, we don't get a chance to take a breath. It seems like it's just something every night of the week, just bang, 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 bang. And as much as we try to protect ourselves from it, we want our children to be involved in things, but it, it honestly just seems like life is just so heavy. So I've learned that there are people in my life that can help me carry that weight. There are people in my life, um, Coach Charles, Charles Reynolds, he doesn't mind swinging by, swinging by and picking Gabe up or taking Gabe from here on practice on Wednesdays over to the youth group. That saves us a trip. We live all the way down off of Antioch Road. Everybody say, ooh, <laughs> Highway 85 traffic. Whoa, right? <laughs> That's like a horror movie to us that live in Crestview, isn't it? Um, but we live the furthest road south of town. So every time we come up, you know, you th it's a half an hour every time. And so even our schedule, community has helped us carry the weight of that schedule. Now, let's take it a step deeper. Let's talk about spiritual weight. Have you ever been in a season that you just felt like there was like an oppression, like you just could not find traction spiritually? This is where community is even more powerful. Uh, Galatians chapter six, verse two says this, carry each other's burdens and in this fulfill the law of Christ. What was the law of Christ? It was the, it was the, the two rules that Christ gave us. He said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. You can fulfill the law by carrying one another's burdens. And can I tell you, there's nothing greater. Uh, when you fill out your connect card, you write your prayer request down on the bottom. There is nothing more beautiful and there's not a better time of my week than when we go to prayer on your behalf because we literally are fulfilling the law of Christ at that point. And we all have those seasons to where we just need somebody to help us carry. Um, th this TV, for instance. Uh, this plus the stand is probably 80 to 100 pounds. Can I pick it up by myself? Yeah, but it's going to hurt me, right? My back's going to be aching for three or four days. Anybody relate to that problem, right? And a lot of times we go through life seeing things that, yes, we can do it, but it doesn't make it a good idea. Just because you can do it without help does not make it wise. I tell my kids all the time, you can drive with your feet, but it don't mean you're going to get where you're going right? It doesn't make it a wise decision. Picking this thing up, how many of those would be wise if I said, Taylor, man, can you help me pick this thing up? Instantly, I've cut the weight in half. It's the same thing spiritually. When you're going through a time where it just feels a, like a burden spiritually on you, it's imperative that you have someone to lift with. Um, I, I, I give, I'll give thanks. There's so many people in here that help us. Uh, each of our volunteers, all of our small group leaders, you guys are helping us lift in ministry, and I, I give God thanks for each one of you. Uh, number two, the second thing we need um, is we need encouragement. After life being heavy, we need community because we need encouragement. 
Um, I only have a few people that I talk to for encouragement. I've learned this along the way, that I've got to be very careful who I share my lows with. Okay, I, I know I know that hit a nerve. I need to stand on that for a minute. You have got to be wise with who you share your problems with. Now, let me, let me just warn you. There's a couple different types of people I'm going to warn you about. The first one we call the narcissist. Anytime you go to a narcissist with your problem, it turns into a problem race. Have you ever met these people? You go to them with a problem, next thing you know, we're racing to see whose life is worse. Not only can they not stop and be grateful for what you're sharing, they got to be the number one point of the conversation. From these people, do not share your lows. Stay away from them as far as your, your lows. You can love them. You can be friends with them. But when it comes time for sharing your lows, you need a small, select, special operative group of people you deal with. Right? The second group I'll warn you about are gossips. My Lord, I posted about it on Facebook this week. I said, I forgot what the post said, but it was something to the point of, uh, always be careful what you hear because you might be hearing it from the problem. You see, if somebody will come and bring somebody's private issues to you, they will take your private issues to everybody else. So when you're going through a time in your life where things are low, you've got to discern more than ever who you can share it with. Because there are people who will help you climb out and there's people who will stomp your hands while you're trying to climb to get out. And, and, and this is why community is so important. See, in Amos 3.3, it says, how can any two walk together lest they be agreed? You see, if, if we don't agree on things spiritually, why would I ever come to you for spiritual discernment or, or encouragement? But all too often, just because they got my blood in their veins, I think they got my best interest. Oh, dadgum, I said that, I'm sorry. Can I, is it okay? Am I in a safe room? Can I say it? You see, a lot of times, just because they're our family, we think they're like-minded. Listen, you can be physical family and not spiritual family. You can be spiritual family and not physical family. And can I tell you what God is saying is, you can have the same blood in their veins, that's all this, this whole blood sticker and water stuff. Listen, y'all might not have family like I got family. I got some amazing family. I got some family I wouldn't trust with my debit card pin number. <laughs> Why on earth would I ever share my lows with those people? Why would I ever turn to them for spiritual discernment? Listen, this is why those tables sit out there are so powerful. These, these start narrowing it down. Now, now, mind you, we try to filter out weird people the best we can. <laughs> One of them slips through every once in a while. Don't be off your game is what I'm telling you. Go to a small group. But until you learn and you discern and you spend time with people, over time, you will learn what kind of character they carry, right? But what we've done is, is all this is in the hallway here is we have narrowed down people who we believe might just be like-minded. And from there, you choose. You choose. And then you begin to do life with these people. And while you're doing life with them, you'll watch how they carry themselves and how they, how they have conversations and what they talk about and who they talk about. 
And in doing so, you're going to learn that's a safe place. That's a safe place. Not so much right here, but you're going to learn where safe places are. That's the power of community. As you do life with people, and then you begin to pick out these safe treasures of people. Can I tell you, people you can share your hurt with, that's a treasure. That is a treasure. Sometimes you just got to be encouraged. Sometimes you just need somebody to lift your head up. Somebody you need somebody to say it's going to be okay. Can I tell you being a pastor does not put me out of that need? I say this all the time. The only difference between me and y'all is what's on my business card. That's it. And I've got to be careful who I allow to encourage me. You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. So watch out for those gossips and narcissists. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25 says this. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. We actually base our outreach on this. How we spur each other toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Number three, why do we need community? Because we need sharpening. We need sharpening. People who do life alone can learn some strange character traits. And what's bad is, is they don't know they're, they're, they're different and they're unique because there's nobody there to sharpen and shape and mold. The Bible says it like this. It says, do you want to be wise? then walk with the wise. Do you want to be godly? Then walk with the godly. You see, whatever it is in my life that has developed some rust, maybe have a, have a, have a, have a bit of a burr on me that's, that's catching and irritating, not just me, but other people as well. God has placed people in my life to say, man, that's weird, don't do that. Man, the way, the way that you said that, you, you need to kind of, you know, you need to tune that up a little bit. That's, that's a little off-putting. Can I tell you, we should give God praise for people who are willing to step through the weirdness and correct us. Because they create a more whole product. You see, the scripture says, and this isn't in my notes, guys, so don't look for the verse. It says, give and it'll come back to you. Press down, shaking together and running over, shall men give unto thee. See, God uses man to affect man, right? Iron sharpens iron, so as one man sharpens another, right? God is in the business of using people to change people. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I got to come down for this. Listen, God is in the business of using people to change people. God is in the business of using people to change people. Why am I hitting on this so much? Because so many times we look in the mirror and we think, I've got to change. It's not theologically sound. You can't look in the mirror and make changes. It's not the way God designed us. It's not until somebody from the outside view looks in and says, there's something different. The other day, I was giving a, a, a talk at the uh, commissioner's prayer breakfast, and I got through and I said one word 
that a person didn't agree with. And after I got off, got off the, the, the podium, uh, the thing was over and they ran up to me. I can't believe you said this. I can't believe you said this. And it was a little bit tongue in cheek, but they were, man, I can't, we've, uh, man, this one thing you said, I, we, gotta, we gotta figure that out. And my first response was, that's all you heard? I was up, man, I was, I ain't bragging on myself, but I was dropping wisdom bombs all okay. over that place, right? When you preach, you know your hits, right? You know what hits and what doesn't, okay? Man, I saved my, it was like my greatest hits, boom, 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 all over the room. Oh my but then they picked me out for this one thing, and my first response was, how dare you? <laughs> Am I lying, church? That's the way our spirit does sometimes, doesn't it? How, Taylor, what do you mean I should change my verbiage? <laughs> oh I guess that's why they didn't ask you to speak at the prayer breakfast. <laughs> no, pride is a heck of a thing, ain't it? Yes. See, I thought I'd been up there just, you're blessed, you're blessed, <laughs> you're blessed. Right? And is it possible that I made a mistake? Yes. Can I tell you, I thank God that somebody ran up to me and challenged me. Because for the rest of the day, it's all I thought about. I thought, you know, if I can I, is it possible? Is it possible that if I, if I set, change this word to this word, that it reaches more people? Is it possible that I could be more effective, at least by one person I know, if I just changed one word, are you so prideful that you can't change a word? Can I tell you, we need to give God praise because sharpening is what creates a more whole product. It creates a more useful vessel for the Lord. And again, be careful. There's people who come up and say weird stuff too, and it's like, if I change that, they'll put me in jail, Right? We change our, if we change our theology, there's certain things we don't negotiate with, right? But if it's something that only matters to one person and it doesn't affect other people, can we also be humble enough? Can we walk in humility enough to let man change man? A lot of times we wait on God to make the change and he's like, oh, I sent the people. I sent the people. So guys, be willing to take a sharpening. Can I tell you, it's not fun. It's probably the worst part of being a believer is letting other people correct you. But can I tell you, that refiner's fire brings a purity in your life and a beauty from you that nothing else will. So walk in humility. Walk humbly before the Lord and then trust that he's put the right people in your path to bring. Notice it doesn't say they're just attacking you. It says they're sharpening you. Why? Because the next time you go out, you're better than you were then. Be sharpened by people. Next, accountability. We do community because we need accountability. So I have a very simple question for you. Who are you accountable to? Who are you accountable to? I'm accountable to our board. I'm accountable to two other pastors. I'm accountable to my wife. I'm accountable to my children. There are certain parts of my life that I'm accountable to different people. There are certain full pictures of my life that I'm accountable to people I've brought into my life. I trust them. They're my armor bearers. They can come at me in any direction and I won't hold it against them. 
I'm accountable to them. On a bigger picture, just take this in for a second, I'm accountable to everyone who's ever called Hope City Church. I'm accountable to you. Why? Because my actions can affect you. What I say up here can affect you. What I do publicly can affect you. Living a life of accountability is not a scary place. It's actually a safe place if you'll see it for what it is. If you'll realize that God uses people to keep you accountable, to hold you account to the highest standard that you can perform by. That you can walk out the greatest of your gifts with the trust that there's people around you who will not just sharpen you, but they'll hold you accountable. Can I tell you guys, we've got to be accountable. For the sake of time, guys, I gotta move, I gotta move. James chapter five, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and it's effective. This brings me to point number five. Why do we need community? Spiritual strength. Spiritual strength. Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse 12 says it like this. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So uh, I'm gonna tell you a story real quick. Uh, I don't know if I've ever shared this before. When I was in ninth grade, I got recruited to go play football in the 10th grade at a school called McClellan uh, Magnet School in Little Rock, Arkansas. Coach called my dad. He said, hey, we need some linemen. My brother was already over there as a quarterback. He said, I'd love Josh to come play center. So I made the switch. What the coach did not tell me was how violent the school was. Didn't tell my parents either. Um, McClellan is on a street named Geyer Springs Road. Uh, in Little Rock that uh, accounts for about 15% of the shootings and, and gun deaths. Uh, and that's the whole state of Arkansas. It's not just Little Rock. It is a very rough area of town. And it is highly, I mean, just it's just you feel the spiritual tension when you go in this area. And we transferred over there. And the first day of school, I'm just thinking everything's normal. You know, just glad to see everybody. You know, I know a couple of guys that transferred over from other schools. And uh, we're walking down the hallway, and all I know is I'm walking, I see a chair come flying over my head down the hallway, and it hits this guy on the bridge of his nose, and it just knocks him out. But then the people just pounced on him and just stomped him. And I remember just watching. It was the first time in my life I saw somebody just get stomped by about 15 people. And I remember just thinking, no matter what, I can't let that happen to me. Have you ever been there? You're watching chaos ensue and you're like, I got to figure out how that doesn't happen, right? My brother was there and our friend, his name was Ben Badger. That's his last name, Badger. But he's also a badger by energy too. He's cantankerous and kind of like an old man trapped in a teen's body. You know, he's kind of grumpy guy. He's amazing. He's still my friend to this day, lives in Orlando. And um, my brother and Ben would come to my class after class and get me, and they'd walk me to my next class. Then they would go to their class and get me. And we learned which, which hallways to go through, at what times, which ones to stay away from. You could not use the bathrooms without getting a contact high. The weed smoke was so strong. It was just, it was, it was the closest thing to being in a prison, but you had to also get grades. It was the weirdest thing. It was just, your mind couldn't really equate to it. The SWAT team was called four times in the first five days of school. There was one day in the second semester, uh, second nine weeks, 
that somebody kicked open the front door and emptied two 10-round clips nine millimeters down the hallway. Just wasn't even aiming, just shooting down the hallway. It was chaos. None of this ever made the newspaper, by the way. Never made the news. Very strange stuff. I learned that if I was by myself, I was susceptible. If I was by myself, I had to be even more careful. And no matter how careful I was, I could find myself in a position where that chair could be coming toward me. And that if it hit me, I would go down. And see, the difference was people went down all the time, but it was the people who had people with them that even though they went down, nobody took a cheap shot because a chair only hit one person. And then if you had friends with you, they would turn around and get ready and then everybody else would just walk on by like nothing happened. But if you were by yourself, you got the business. So we learned my 10th grade year, you don't go anywhere by yourself. You couldn't go to the bathroom. You didn't walk to classes alone. Can I tell you, I learned to carry a sharp pencil everywhere I went just in case. It was chaos. Why do I tell you that story? Because what I've experienced in the physical we all experience in the spiritual all the time. The devil has a pattern that he uses. And I want to warn you about this. This is a pattern the devil uses to where he'll either take a mistake or he'll take pride or he'll take frustration and he'll draw us away from the crowd. And for some reason or another, for you name the issue, it pulls us away from the body. Hear what I'm saying. I don't care if Hope City is your spiritual home or not. I love you. I pray that you stick here. I pray we meet your needs, that we love you well, that God flows through you here at this church. But if you don't go here, go somewhere. I take you to the Old Testament when the children of Israel were leaving Egypt and they were heading toward the Jordan River. There was a group called the Amalekites. The Amalekites, they had a special strategy that only got the stragglers, the old and the sick. What would happen is the children of Israel would put their tents up, put it on their camels, donkeys, everything else, and they'd begin to travel. And the people who would straggle behind to clean up, to erase the tracks, to do all the things they were called to do, the enemy would wait and they would attack them when there was just a few of them left. The Bible says that God told Moses, go destroy all of the Amalekites because he was disdained by them. He was sickened by the way they handled business. They were waiting to pray on the weak. Can I tell you, that's the devil's MO. You see, the devil, if the devil walked in here right now, it'd be foolish. Our faith is up, our expectation is up, we're worshiped up, we're prayed up, we're excited about the Lord. He won't do it in here. That's why you feel so good while you're here. Because all that attack stuff stays out there. And when you walk out the door, you get in your car, and by the time you're out here on the street, it starts easing back in again. Why? Because the devil doesn't fight fair. He wants to find you alone. He wants to find you when you're at your weakest. So here's what I suggest. Don't let it happen. Find spiritual community. You can find it out here in the hallway today. Go sign up. Man, I'm leading uh, online. You ain't got to leave your house. You can sign up online. I'm going to teach people how to pray. Right? It's, it could be something simple. If you like going outside, man, JJ's got a great small group where you're gonna be hiking outdoors, beautiful. If you like driving four-wheel drive vehicles, you ain't gotta own one. There's one called Life Off-Road. You can jump in the truck with one of us and go. 
Can I tell you, no matter what, you can find your flavor out there. There's 52 options. Don't let a moment of fear rob you of community that can build you spiritually. There's just that little bit of awkward. Quick question. Is the first time you go to a small group weird, yes or no? Yes. Is it worth it, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Everybody that's gone for the first time will say, man, it's just awkward walking in there for the first time. A lot of times you're at somebody else's house, you're meeting people you don't know. But then ask that person the question five, six, seven weeks later. They have created spiritual family. And now when they're going through something, they have somebody to call. Now when the enemy turns the heat up, they have friends to hold them up, to fight back. Everything I told you today has spiritual context. But I want, to, I want you to know this. No matter what, don't do life alone. Don't do life alone. You see, the other side of this is that you have gifts that people are waiting for you to bring as well. Don't withhold what God has blessed you with when others need it. Amen. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Say a quick prayer, then I'm going to turn you loose. Go sign up for small groups. Man, I know your lives will be challenged and changed and blessed. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you for blessing us the way you do. Father, would you just uh, give us wisdom? Wisdom to do life in community, to have spiritual community. Father, my prayer is that you'll give us the wisdom to find at least one small group, at least one group we can plug into, and to have the boldness and the courage to step through the weirdness and just go. Just go, just trust your plan enough to have faith to step out one time to go. I thank you for that, Lord. Give us all that boldness. Bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace, both now and forevermore. Cover us with the blood of Jesus. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet, I thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Not even our own fear, not even our own frustration not our own anxieties. Help us to function according to your word. Bring us back next week with more of your wisdom and more of your word locked away in our heart and we will give you the glory and the praise for it. In Jesus' name and everybody said, amen. God bless you. We love you. Go get a small group. For more information about Hope City Community Church, visit www.hopecitycc.com. Until next time.